It's our culture, our community, where tech and capitalism meet. This is Cap Culture. No, no, no cap. The virtual cap takes, or no, the virtual, what are we going to call this? Do we have a name for this? Man, we'll come oh, back. Shit, come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing it anyway, or at least trying to. Great. I think this is low key a better way to connect. Shit, like we get started. Have y'all seen any like podcasts or video productions that have gone kind of like to this format with with this? I haven't seen anything outside of what LeBron uh, posted. Uh. Mm. ESPN and shit. <laughs> yeah, like outside of like, yeah. Yeah, like I haven't seen a podcast like go, you know, Zoom recording style yet. But like, like isn't I mean, I feel like the podcast industry, right, isn't really impacted by something like this. Like this is probably perfect for that particular field, right? For anybody who's in the podcast world, like the audio piece isn't well, that audio yeah but not video like video people i feel like have to reformat how they're doing like, their production yeah like everybody can't just like go to la and go to a studio and record right. the shop right now right but then the other is like i don't but even from the audio i would imagine typically a podcast like they're just they're all together so now they're not together you know what I'm mm, i see what you're saying i see what you're saying so ideally, you would think that they would adjust, but I mean, I, I don't really know. I know a lot of people that were taking off right now, but I was like, yeah. damn, like, this is a good way here. You can do it this way. Yeah. But people are really just finding out. But shit, we getting in, man. Like, welcome to Cap Culture. I don't know, episode, day. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever the fuck. Whatever it is. I mean, clearly we all know why we're here and why we're doing the... Doing this episode the way that we are, and uh, we got a lot of things that we want to talk about as far as how the culture is really being impacted by COVID. But I mean, before all that shit, like, how are y'all doing? Like, how are we doing individually, personally, professionally? What's going on? What? I keep eating all of my snacks. I, I eat all of them. I go to the grocery store, and by the end of the day, they're all gone. So that's how I'm doing. Um, I don't know. It's such a weird time, you know? I think the best way I can describe myself, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just hanging in there, you know? Like, just trying to keep my sanity in check. I feel like, at first, I thought, like, week one of this, I was kind of thinking about the different social the types of social people. So you have your introverts and then you have your extroverts and then you have like your, um, what do they call it? Like amniverts. That's a com combination of both of them. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure like the introverts are chilling right now. My inner introvert is chilling. Like this is going to be a breeze. But then like by week two, I'm starting to get a little itchy, you know, like I'm a little uncomfortable being in the house for so long. And so now I'm at a point where I have, I think I'm a little restless, but I think I'm starting to figure out a new normal for myself and realizing that no matter what type of social person I am, introverted or extroverted, 
this is still just difficult to like navigate like it's all the way around a challenging experience but i'm trying to make the best of it you know shout out to you what's up man how are you feeling man so this like this came so it's, it's like interesting for me so when it first happened you know we're in i think we're recording in like week three or like the tail end of week three of this um and it's just been like a huge adjustment on a lot of different levels for me like for the past five years i've been traveling monday through thursday for work um so like i have this routine where i'm like always traveling i'm always on the road i'm always on the go and this has forced me to like actually sleep in my own house which i've been looking forward to but it's different so like week one I was just like geeked. I was like, well, shit, I'm at home. Like, I think I'm, we were all coasting. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was like, you know, this coronavirus stuff, like, is terrible, obviously, but I'm sleeping in my own bed. Mm. That was cool. Week two, working from home, like, I was, like, mad productive. Like, that was my productive week. And then week three, so, like, this past week, that's, like, the first week where I really sat in it, and I was just like, yeah, like, a global pandemic. I don't, we don't know when the end date is, like, it was the first time, like, last week is when I found out that my family was personally affected by it. So that was, like, a different level. So it was, like, it was just, like, a really hard week. Um, and, like, I've had to force myself to break routines that I've built for, like, six years in corporate America with travel and everything and, like, build new routines. And as somebody that, like, gets anxious, like, often, yeah. with, like, uncertainty and stuff, like, I had to force myself to, like, come up with a routine and a schedule and like get used to sleeping in my own bed like I didn't even get good sleep this past week just because I'm like why am I sleeping in my bed on a Tuesday like this never happened. <laughs> it doesn't feel right um, so it's a lot of adjustments I think you know going into next week I learned a lot this week about myself personally and we're going to talk about some stuff like that uh but uh I feel like I'm going into a better place this this upcoming week so that's where I'm at I feel it I feel it Shit, fucking the first week was wild because we got the news and uh, it sent us home like on Tuesday, mid middle of the day. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know. Like I'm one of those people that I, I really try to uh, keep the external out because I don't like to process all that stuff internally. Yeah, um, just try to like it's natural for me to just control what I can control. So I was essentially a little numb to it, but I realized, oh, this shit is getting serious. So I'm seeing our business is going to adjust to it. So maybe it's time for me. Uh, that first week home was hard from a snacking perspective. B Mills, you was talking about like your routine. My routine was all the way off. Like I had already just started a job like a month ago. Then yeah. one week I'm back at party ground. Another week I get back and we go to New Mexico. We go skiing. And then I come back. This is week four. And it's like, oh, shit, we yeah. got to go home. So it's just been a constant state battling. I haven't been able to hoop because of my ankle. So I was already kind of not going to the gym. Hooping too hard. Oh. Like, but it had already messed up my routine. And now you sit me at home and all I got is my food that I had to go get. You know what I mean? Snacks everywhere. And like all this, I gained weight. Like it was weird. But I was numb for those first couple of days. I was excited. Like, damn, I'm going to work from home. I love creating my own vibe when I work. And then I got the news that, okay, this shit is real. Like, black people are affected. I know it's funny, but, you know, I mean, we was thinking melanin was like fucking. We knew we had. Yeah, we was joking black people can't get it. All that shit. Yeah. 
And then one of my close bros, one of my closest friends, we find out like overnight and behind that he's been dealing with like this whole freaking week. So that just like, it all came crashing down. I think uh, from there, my really concern was like, damn, like I'm feeling like this and I'm starting to see that the world is slowing down. That's who I'm starting to adjust a little bit. Uh, get in a routine. Like, that first week I was gaining weight. Second week I started running and do, getting more active. Uh, but then, just like even this last week, it was just kind of hard. I'm not even going to hold you because I'm noticing with all these things happening, like, the world is freaking slowing all the way down. Yeah. But, like, because of it and because of the particular industry I'm in now, which is essentially an essential business, <laughs> beer and shit like it's moving fast yeah so everything around me moving slow but here i am like trying to balance this idea that socially everything is here and like it's a time to be extremely responsible while on the other end from a professional perspective the demand is kicked up because things are rapidly changing and that fear of unknown so it's really just been a been this idea of just kind of balancing back and forth and you know really just trying to figure out ways to continue to be productive mm-hmm. uh and yeah we'll we'll get into that but i mean it's been up and down <laughs> for sure sounds like we can all agree that we are we're maintaining though like everybody's keeping their head above water trying to keep our sanity in check yeah. and trying to be as progressive as as we can during this time Absolutely. Yeah, and, and a quick shout out to like my bad Jeff, I just cut you off. Like everybody that's working in like the healthcare industry, nurses, doctors, frontline, like folks in the grocery stores. Like I went to the grocery store today and like seeing workers there like smiling, still trying to help you with your groceries, like while still everybody else nice. yeah. grabbing every piece of you know bread off the shelves and like mm-hmm. You know, just huge shout. I just wanted to make sure we start off the episode shouting everybody out too that's on the front line. Honestly, and the front line is newly defined. It's not, I mean, when I think of the front line, I don't know. I have like this weird, like stereotypical, like, I don't know. I think of like military, like soldiers and stuff of that when I think front line, but like even the definition of that is changing. It's our grocery store workers, it's our nurses. You know, it's, it's people that we never really acknowledged in this capacity before. You know, we've always put, like, people who do um, clearly heroic stuff, like the like the soldiers going across the seas to fight wars and stuff. That's obviously heroic. And so it's, it's so nice just getting that same type of honor and respect to people whom have never really been acknowledged um, to this capacity before. So shout out to all of them, all of our essential businesses that are still opening and staying open and still serving us with a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to y'all. Hey, for real, for real. And speaking of that, you know, my homie, he was on Kyrie and they are running on the podcast, the pregame podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely gonna promote that. But I mean, yeah. just the news that he's off the ventilator. He was on that thing for two and a half weeks. Thank you. God bless. We love to hear it. Blessings to them. Blessings to everybody in healthcare. Like you said, I think we should do a toast or at least a salute or cheers. Oh to wait, them. yeah, sa- a little salute, it's right? Crazy. I'm. I'm not going. I'm not going to be on a soapbox too long. But it's the people. These are the people that like get like. Try not to cuss too much. This is my first day drinking in 75 days, so let me watch myself. No. Um, <laughs> like folks that like people 
are like not even acknowledging like raising minimum wage and stuff like that. These are the people that we're talking about. People that mm-hmm. don't necessarily get the respect in the, you know, hierarchy of business that they deserve to your point, JB. Um, just like hearing that states are not raising minimum wage, but now we're dependent on these workers that are working at a minimum wage, raising kids, some people losing jobs. Like I got a question. That, that's something that I've just been thinking about. My Let's get to it because I got questions about that. Okay, so salute to all of our frontline workers across every field that's keeping us happy and healthy right now. Really, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So, question about. Oh wait, right. Okay, question about that. Knowing that people have been fighting for a minimum wage, and if this is off topic, I'm sorry. Knowing that um, people have been fighting for the increase of minimum wage for these type of workers that have been kind of under the radar um, for a while, what do you guys think is going to happen once this is all over? Um, I know that the way it's looking, this is going to be a long process, a very long, drawn-out experience just because of the way our government is set up, the way that our healthcare system is set up. This is going to have lasting effects. So knowing that we can identify what an essential business is, and these are the same people who are getting barely paid, you know, they're getting that minimum wage. What do you guys think is going to happen once it all blows over? Do you think new legislation will come into play where we can get increased pay and benefits for these people? Do you think we're going to move into like a more virtual, friendly work environment? Like, what do you guys think is going to be the result of all of this? We're going to fucking have to. I mean, it's crazy. And I saw a tweet, and it's not a natural thing, but it's something that I felt for a long time. But it's crazy how we love talking about free markets and and capitalism, but it's crazy how socialism always comes back around and bail capitalism out and bail us fucking out. And I think that that's what's happening. So I I can't speak on the legislation. I think greed is always going to be prominent and handy. But this is causing us to give ourselves internally and externally a reality check with respect to our systems and the flaws in capitalism. And uh, I, I want to remain optimistic that that will create new laws, legislation, new ways in which we can interact and continue to put people before profits. And I think once we recognize and just acknowledge that yes, capitalism and, and money is all good and that's what we're in it for but all of this is driven by people and if people ain't well if people ain't right we cannot maximize revenue potential etc so we have to put people first people come first and i think that this is given our country particularly one that's behind when it comes to the way in which we look at those things uh you know really under under a microscope and uh, it's gonna flush. It's gonna. It's, it's definitely. I think it's gonna force us to to make some changes for the for the good. Like we, it's almost mandatory at this point. I don't. I don't see the the structure that we have. Like the way capitalism is structured right now. The way our economy as a whole is structured. I just don't see us ever going back to what we just came from. It, it seems like we're transitioning into like a brand new norm. A brand new norm that is going to have lasting effects on the economy and the way that business is run and the way that people are paid and getting benefits. But I too, like you, I'm trying to remain optimistic, but 
I'm just so interested to see the what comes like what the what the end result will be from this world shutdown. Yeah, I, I mean, I think ultimately, like from my, I agree with Jeff to an extent. Um, I think ultimately, what we're gonna see is like culture shift, right? And not culture like as in black culture, but just like culture in general and the sentiment of the United States. Yeah. Um, right now. Uh, JB you were talking about it before the call like there's kind of like an awakening like we're seeing the inequities across you know all kind of sectors whether it's healthcare, whether it's uh, capitalism and business like the the haves like the dynamics between the haves and the have nots are like completely exposed right now um, and I think we're starting to see benefits from just kind of uh, you know people are more human centered human focused like even just like going outside on a run, like people are smiling at me and waving at me, like that shit never happened they before. They're so friendly <laughs> now. Everybody's just like, but that's because like, part of me is like, that's because we're in the, we're in the dark right now. Like we're yeah. all in the dark together. Yeah. Once we're on the other side of it, you know, sad to say America was built on haves and have nots and, and a, you know, a hierarchy system. So I'm interested to see if like once, you know, we're on the other side of this. Do we kind of re-expose what was already, you know, kind of in place and start to go back, you know, through it? I was talking to y'all before, like I was looking at, you know, the history, like this isn't the first pandemic that we faced. This isn't the first, you know, market crash that we faced. Like we've been through 9-11, we've been through, you know, past pandemics and we always kind of go back to capitalism <laughs> again. So, you know, that's the pessimist side of me. The optimist side of me is, you know, America's becoming the most diverse, you know, place that it's ever been um, from a, you know, focus on, you know, sustainability and, and corporate, you know, sustainability. We're the most conscious, you know, Generation Z millennials are the most conscious generation. So we're going to have more power to influence what capitalism or what business looks like on the other end of it. So that's the optimist in me is mm -hmm. you know, as long as we use this as energy to kind of fuel uh, corporate uh, sustainability and responsibility, you know, we might be all right. For sure, for sure. So, I mean, with that in mind, I mean, it's so much, I know at the end we want to talk through like the future and what that looks like. So I, I guess we'll have some things that we can talk through with respect to like, if we had a perfect vision of what the next or the future looks like, we can talk about that. But I want to get back to us, you know what I mean? I want to I want to talk about us. So we talked about like how we've been feeling about it, but like how are we? How are y'all like really uh, dealing with it from a positive perspective? What are you doing right now productively, if if at all? You know what I mean to like really just get through this through this season. Man, let me kick this one off. So I've been <laughs> I've changed my uh, definition of productive. I've kind of read, I think this is <clears throat> in this period, there's a lot of um, realization that a lot of us have tied our worth to our productivity. And because of a lot of that productivity requires some sort of social engagement that we can't really, you know, invest in right now. I've, I've taken a lot of time to kind of redefine what it means to be productive. So that has kind of minimized or at least, um, yeah, minimize my expectations of myself. So I'm productive simply by taking my dog on a walk now. I go on a walk every day for at least three miles 
two and a half, three miles, um, just to keep my mind clear. Um, I clean my house every day. Um, I make sure that I spend time to myself between work and um, all of the stresses that come with that. Um, I make sure that I dedicate some time to read. I'm really getting into some of the books that have been sitting on my bookshelf since what the beginning reading? of time. Yeah, the Power of Habit, ironically. Oh, that's a perfect book for right now. It is the perfect book. Bring, I see it right there. Yep. Great book. It's, it's, it's been great with me kind of helping myself get over some old habits that I have in my unproductivity. Um, so I've just, I've honestly been trying to, um, and me being a planner at heart, you know, like I, I'm so used to planning out my day and having things to check off on a checklist and stuff of that sort. So I've been trying to be kind to myself by keeping it short, sweet, and simple. So if I take my dog on a walk, I feel like that was a productive day. If I, um, spend some time sitting on my patio, reading my book to me, that was a productive day. I'm keeping it like bare minimum just so I can keep my sanity in check. Uh, that's dope. I like how you, you started it off with the, uh, you know, redefining productivity. Like yeah. I feel like the first, like the first two weeks, all I was seeing on Instagram and Twitter were like these memes and like little posts about if you don't come out of this with a new skill and a new, oh, yeah. and a new that, like, yo, relax. We are in the middle of a global pandemic. LLC Twitter, please right. fucking break. Like, calm down. And, you know, coming from a busy person, like, I'm always, like, scheming and, like, working on something. You know, people were hitting me up, like, oh, so what are you about to build? Like, what are you about to create? What are you about to... Do I'm I have... Is it necessary? That, right. Like, I'm just getting used to sleeping in my own house. Like, that's a feat in itself for me. Um, but yeah, for me, like I was talking about before, like one of the biggest things that I've been focusing on is like building um, a routine and, and habits to kind of like calm my anxiety about everything that's going on. So I've gotten more uh, consistent with like meditating every morning. So I like wake up now at 5.30 still. Like I keep my same routine, more or less. Um, do headspace for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Do a devotional, read 10 pages in a book. Started doing yoga, which is like new for me um doing yoga every morning and then i get into my work day um so just like making sure that i'm still building a routine in the morning um and then somebody that's very active so I, you know i like live at the gym hashtag accountability mm -hmm. and with the, you know with the gyms being shut down i was like all right, how are y'all feeling right now like all of y'all the ones that love the gym the gym reps i wonder how they're doing and i i can't do home workouts like i'm not about to sit here and like do push-ups and like you know, try set dips on my couch. I, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> so I, I started running. Um, so like mid-March, I started running more consistently. And I was like, damn, I'm about to hit 100 miles running in March, which was like dope. Like that was like, that was new. I never had a goal of doing that. Um, so I started for April. I just started like an informal like running club, which is like kind of outside running club just like encouraging people to just like get outside, walk, run. Um, and the premise is just set a goal. It could be a hundred miles. It could be two miles. I don't care what your goal is and just kind of like track towards that goal in the month, you know, reach out to one another, build community. Um, so that's really been my outlet is just getting outside, running, walking. Shout out to JB for joining. 
You ain't logging miles yet, but you it's cool. me. I I gotta put my miles in the little tracker. <laughs> I have to do that. But you know, we out here. <laughs> and God is indeed dope. I see the shirt. <laughs> what up, Jeff? What about you? Oh man, so JB, you really touched on the idea of like redefining what productivity means. Mm-hmm. I think for me, being here has really kind of helped me. It forced me to kind of look at and really like look at my habits too. Yeah. And I think what's been most productive for me is, you know, doing things that I've been putting off even around the crib. Like, I've been wanting to get more acclimated to, like, cooking and eating at home, saving money and stuff like that, just by doing that. I've been doing much better about that since we've been on time. Organizing, like, my walk-in closet, uh, freaking hanging up. You better flex a little bit. You better flex with not your closet, your walk-in closet. You better organize (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> yeah, I mean shit you know I me. Mean? so I mean that's my thing like everybody got their thing my thing is shoes and shoes and stuff so uh you know just getting that stuff organized um, yeah cleaning up on the regular like being like more tidy because like for you like when you have a busy schedule I'm not used to being home as much and I realized like when I'm home I need this place to be as like smooth as yeah, like, space, yeah. like you know i went from like looking at my space like oh literally like oh i'm just renting it this is just where i lay my head to like no yeah. this is my place so yeah. i've really been spending time making it my place mm-hmm. um, listen know. by the end of this i'm gonna have my apartment's gonna be like those pinterest apartments that i see yeah. like all the plants. I done found out that the nurseries deliver. I done ordered all my decor off of Amazon. It should be here by the end of the week. Look, I'm gonna have the whole space set up yeah. in a way that I've always neglected. I'm like, I'm just like you, Jeff. Like, I'm always like, this is just where I'm. I'm renting this place. It's not my own. Therefore, I don't need to invest like anything into it. But shit, now this. <laughs> I told somebody I was like, if I if I go to somebody's house after this quarantine period, y'all have. <laughs> Like I'm just cutting you off, off right? Right, right. <laughs> it together after this quarantine. Right. Everybody's houses should be top tier by yeah, the end of all. Oh yeah, that was like from a personal perspective. It's really been that, and honestly, you know, another key one is because I'm so moving so fast, and unfortunately, like I had to reprioritize and make sure that the people that I value the most are getting the most out of my time. You know what I mean? So, uh, especially my free time. So. FaceTiming with my sisters so I can see my nephews. Stuff like that has definitely been, you know, something that I, I would deem as productive. And then lastly, just from, you know, the party girl stuff and be nimble and everything there, like, I am one of those people. I'm not LLC Twitter, but I'm one of those people that I I can't, I feel the energy and because I'm so connected and doing things for other people, I had to think, like, damn, what, who's doing things for the people who are typically doing things for others. Mm-hmm. It's like all these businesses and stuff, like I knew that they were suffering during this time. And it was like, how can I come up with things, you know, in partnership with, with Kelly and through our foundation to really service them and do it in a way that's compassionate, culturally sensitive to the times right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, doing those Netflix party has been- say, What have you guys done? Could you please let the crowd know what you guys have been yeah. doing? <laughs> Netflix dropped the Netflix party uh, add-on. So every Friday we've been hosting like a community forum where you get to like log in to our link and watch yeah. 
a specific black film with us. Uh, mm -hmm. The second one was probably, so we watched Madam C.J. Walker. We had a live Q&A with her. With her uh, How many people her, pulled her. up to that? If I recall correctly, y'all had a decent crowd, right? Yeah, we had upwards of like 175 people that first week that at least signed up. I mean, the one thing is you can't fully track everybody that was watching, but <laughs> through the commentary and all the notes, like it, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the second one we did, we did it on Uncork, the new film, uh, black film on the Sumoyer, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, we actually had a locally owned black wine business where we did an IG live with them. I am weak at Janae right now. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, cool. <laughs> Ooh, I was completely distracted. At, uh, <laughs> it's cool. She's cracking me up. <laughs> I, I got to look at you while I'm talking. Right. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like just figuring out creative ways to service them. So this is an opportunity where you know, they're an essential business. Uh, another way to highlight them. So we're watching a movie about wine. We got a wine company based out of Indianapolis. How can we promote them and do it virtually? So everything that we've been doing from helping get and accelerate Black-owned businesses within my city is yeah. like, that work shouldn't stop. And in many cases, a lot of our businesses are very vested um, in the physical so how can we help them transition into a virtual ideology, like a virtual landscape? So I've just been finding a lot of value and joy in just yeah. creating that community as well as supporting them through the yeah. various things we did. Like Friday, we did a we did an IG Live cook show where we had a black chef that was teaching us how to make Henny Wings while we watched the third film. <laughs> like it's fun shit, it's free. We just want people to come together, but also indirectly, we're also supporting and promoting Black-owned businesses. So that's really a, another way that I, I that brings up That brings up a point. I know we're going to talk about kind of like culture, COVID, and stuff like that in the future. Yeah. But like, um, if you're going to give three things, and keep it short and sweet, like one sentence, no explanation, three things that our listeners or viewers can do right now to... Um, just kind of handle the situation, pour into their community, like whatever it might be, what would those three things be? That they can do to pour into their community? Or, or to just pour into themselves. Like we, we were talking about how we're kind of coping with everything and, you know, what we're working on to uh, tap into the community or build community. Um, and I wanted to just be able to give our viewers and our listeners uh, some things that they should be thinking about. Yeah, for per, from a personal perspective, what you said three things. One to three, I, I just said. I'm three. gonna I'm gonna start with one because one just came to mind. Um, from a personal, I, I guess it, it can apply to both business and personal use. But pour into what you're curious about right now. This is a great time to explore um, the the topics and the things that you are curious and never had the time to really. Uh, you never had the time to spend uh, more than like a few minutes looking into. I think this is a great time to explore your curiosity. Um, another thing that I think we could probably do to support each other. Oh Jesus! Um, and I, and I'm I'm speaking a little bit from a, from a, a privileged point of view. Like I'm able to work from home. Like I don't have much of an impact my day to day. I'm able to my paycheck the same. Um the biggest adjustment I had to make is get used to working from my home office versus my 
office office. And so I've rerouted the money that I would purchase on like online shopping because I am an online shopper. Um, I rerouted that to black owned businesses. So I just, I, I'm sending my support however I can buy their services and their goods, whatever it is, no matter how big or small the price. I, I try to invest in at least one of those a week um no matter what their size is so somehow pouring back financially um whether it's a donation or buying something small or big it doesn't really matter i think if you have it i think it's important to, to push back into the community one way or another that's yeah. coming from a privileged standpoint so yeah keep that in mind no no i feel you on that Definitely finding ways to support. And I think one thing that I said is, you know, even number one, I think this is a good time for people. And my number one tip would probably be like what Drake says, know yourself. Like really take this time right now to figure out and identify what's going on on the inside. Like, and disconnect a little bit. Like take this time while you're here. You. I mean, you in the crib, most likely by yourself or with one of three folks, like take your time. And you know, I'm definitely doing it just to be, to have those intimate moments with yourself and uh, get to know who you are a little more. And I think then it's going to reflect with respect to the way in which you're compassionate and how you give out to the world. So that, that would be what I want to keep away from the business. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Uh, yeah, I definitely, I completely agree. So, you know, my first one was definitely get to know yourself. And I think it's because we're, we're used to being in such a busy world where we're going from point A to point B. And, you know, we have all of these things on our, you know, agenda and schedule to do that we don't take those time, that take that time to be intimate and understand yourself. Like for me, I'm just like, damn, I'm like pissing myself off at the crib. Like I'm figuring out like <laughs> my habits that I don't even like. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so that, that's that's definitely my first one. The second one, which we haven't really hit on yet, is because uh, I have a passion for like nonprofits and you know change agents and and philanthropies, and these businesses are getting hit particularly hard right now because it's not a economy in which people are giving and donating from their time to their finances. So when we're thinking about like homeless shelters, we're thinking about um, you know just nonprofits in our city they're not getting the resources that they need to keep um, their populations and their communities safe and to take care of those that they're trying to protect. And um, even just like little things like giving blood, like there's a huge demand on giving blood right now. Didn't you do that recently? Yeah, yeah. so I, I typically donate my blood at least twice a year when I can. Obviously there's like rules depending on like if you get a tattoo or a piercing and stuff, you can't donate. But uh, you know, there's a there's a huge demand for blood. There's a huge demand for homeless shelters donating hygiene supplies because everybody's buying masks and hand sanitizers and soap for themselves. They're not there's not enough for, you know, these businesses. So just, Janae, to your point, supporting local businesses, support local nonprofits and philanthropies as well because they're also in need. Yeah, absolutely. Emphasis on getting to know yourself, though. Like, Brandon, I'm just like you. I'm walking around the house mad at myself for some of the habits that I've always had and it is such a great time to kind of release ourselves from any of these you know this this um unproductive energy that has kept us from honoring what it is that we really need to thrive in a situation like this 
um, that has prevented us from really exploring the things that, you know, make us, <clears throat> that can help us define what it is that we really want out of our career or even our personal brands or whatever the case may be. So I definitely co-sign the whole idea of getting to know yourself. I feel like nobody has nothing but time now for these things. There's no excuses. Excuses don't exist anymore. Like, it's so crazy to see. Specifically, because you ain't going nowhere. You got to, like, actually, now you can't, you ain't got no excuse. So you, there's no excuse. around a bush where I got to go here. No, you just got to say, bro, I don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta be straight up. You gotta be honest yeah. at this point. <laughs> For me, like that's one of the hardest things, and I know we're we're just talking at this point. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> like, I feel like I am in it. So I'm somebody that like I don't just sit and talk on the phone for an hour and a half with anybody. Yeah. I don't yeah. like talking on the phone that long. I don't do like the whole FaceTime thing where we're just like staring at each other on FaceTime for thirty minutes. Like I don't do none of that. But like the amount of like random zooms and facetimes and like phone calls and house party request like yeah. a house party app or whatever request i'm just like can we get a can we get a schedule like i got a girl i have like five people are calling me on facetime right now like mom, <laughs> grandma friend over here like i'm overwhelmed and i just like shut my phone off and put it on do not disturb right yeah. like that's something that i'm trying to like manage right now yeah, I um, it, it's ironic. I've never been the FaceTime person. I'm not a like the only time you'll catch me on the phone or video chat is when it's related to work. Um, outside of that, you can text me. Um, but for like over the last three weeks, I have really started to show an appreciation for like FaceTime interaction and just like being able, being able to like check in on my friends. Um, whether it's for a minute or so like me and my best friends we're really close so like our bond is great where we can like prop the camera like we'll put our camera up in a corner of the room with our headphones in and just walk like we'll do our daily activities just knowing that we're on facetime with each other yeah. kind of helps with like our social interaction and i've never had such an appreciation until now for that type of like it's the simple things that are really keeping me level-headed and like you know able to to see the next day through so yeah yeah it's it's been a crazy perspective change honestly no no that's real that's real um and i think i think that's key I, going back to it like for real, i don't i don't like the phone i don't and i don't like facetiming as much but i've been on it and i think that <laughs> it's, it's forcing me that's one of those things going back to like me knowing myself yeah. like that's something that I got to identify with, like, I guess that's who I'm going to be on this episode. Like, like, what is unconditional love? And I think a lot of that has to do with also making those sacrifices. And for me, that sacrifice is genuinely taking this time to show people and do the things that I may not necessarily need or I like doing, but I'm going to be okay with it because I know that this is something that is servicing somebody else. So it's taking that same energy that I put in a party girl, be nimble, cap culture, work, and trying to put that same energy into the people that I value and cherish. And if that means I got to do FaceTime, just like I got to do this report at work when I don't feel like it at midnight for these COVID shifts, I'm going to fucking do it. Why? Because I can't figure out. My nephews and my sister. Give me, give me the training guy. I need, I need the cheat sheet. That's, <laughs> that's exactly like 
I feel like you made it through the dip and like you're on you're on the upward kind of incline. I'm sitting here in the dip. Like I'm trying to (laughs) how to like apply the same energy that I'm applying to work and everything else to, you know, relationships and stuff like that. And it's not that I don't care. Like I have to like convince people like it's not that I don't care. It's just like this is this is like a new kind of space and way of doing it. You are here, like I'm telling you like that. I think it's also juxtaposed against I had just turned 30. You know what I mean? Like these are things that I'm already dealing with and trying to shift my focus on. And then this hits and now it's like confronting me. And I think that's why maybe in this season, I may not necessarily like I'm handling a little better than, than peers. I'm blessed, but that's because my mind was already shaped on those things and getting back to like what mattered most. Yeah. 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 So, but I mean, I'm glad we're here because now we're talking about the root of it and, JB, you talked and you made that post the other day, and I was like, LLC Twitter, somebody called it. Like, Blavity, blind boot. But I was like, Brush Roots Twitter. I was like, the three Ds, like that's perfect execution. You got the same 24 hours Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't even hold you. Wasn't, wait, wasn't there like a Twitter where everybody was like, I yeah, there was a dude. I had to follow him because of that. But ironically, that post that I made. So, like for for context, guys, um, there's a post going around right now that says the following: uh, If you don't come out of this quarantine with a new skill, your side hustle started, more knowledge, it's because you never lack time. You lack discipline. That's the post that you'll see a lot of these LLC Twitter niggas posting. I'm sorry for the language. <laughs> you felt that. That was passion jumping out right there. <laughs> but listen, like a day after I posted that, right? Because like I want people to remember, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, that we're all redefining what it means to be productive right now. You don't have to start a side hustle. You don't have to learn a new skill. What you at most need to do is maintain your sanity. Like, guys. That's your number one priority right now. Like, just stay sane and, like, make it to the other side of this. And so it's not fair to have anybody shame anyone for not picking up a new skill. It's all based on what you feel is reasonable for your particular situation, not for what, you know, someone else thinks you should be doing. Jeff, I see you raising your hand. Would you like to comment? Yeah, because, like, I don't want to be, like, Fuck them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's the word. (laughs) I hear what they're saying. It's just funny because on black Twitter in particular, they always talk about niggas ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. Niggas ain't shit, niggas ain't shit, right? And then they'll say, when you hear that, if you know that you are the shit, just keep scrolling. And it's funny because we're having that same conversation with this. Like, I think that there's two different crowds, right? There's people who this doesn't apply to. So we mm-hmm. can really just say keep strong. But yeah. I'm going to remain compassionate. I'm going to remain positive and optimistic about it all. I'm not even going to whatever at the jab at the people who say that shit. But now we're all seeing that, though. We're seeing that like, when you generalize, it's really insensitive as fuck, even if you have a great point. Yeah. What I would say is, just like what you're saying, JB, I think there's two buckets. I love putting shit in buckets at work, so I'm going to do it here. So you got the people who... You're not a creative. You are an employee. You good. You you kicking it. Whatever else, like bro, like take care of yourself. Like 
that's your number one priority, you can remain that. Then there's this other side. That's the creators, that's the entrepreneurs, those are the people who capitalize on moments, looking for the future, they're creating the future. And I think this conversation that we're entering into right now, as well as what the LLC Twitter should be focused on, is really that side. Mm -hmm. In this moment, I feel at best when I am creating. Yeah. People who say that they want to be creatives and they're entrepreneurs, let's be honest, this is a, a prime opportunity right now. You don't have excuses because you have all the time, you, all the social shit, all that shit is cut out. Unless you're trying to join all these house parties, you have more time to do the things that you've been putting off. Like me hanging my artwork. You know what I'm saying? Me freaking buying a stationary like cycle. Like you can do those things. And I think this conversation should be geared towards that, just like them. Yeah, but I, but I will say, you know, to that point, though, you know, I don't think you can put it into, like, two distinct, mutually exclusive buckets. Oh, good point, good point. Like, there are creatives, there are entrepreneurs that, you know, they're in their bag when they're creating, but now that they're in this situation, you know, yes, they can create, but yes, they also got to keep their lights on, and yes, they also got to, you exactly. know, be kids, exactly. you know, teacher, yeah. counselor, principal. Not that, really You're right. Those that still have a nine to five that just yeah. got furloughed or laid off, you know, they're in the space of do I find another job or do I create right. a side hustle that can pay you and keep the light bill on? And like, yeah. so it, you know, I don't think we can, it's going to be a spectrum. And I, I think in this period, you can't just bucket people into A, B, or C. Like, yeah. you know, depending on the day, depending on what news comes out, depends yeah. on you know, what yeah. is affecting people will determine kind of where they can they're one thousand percent i think we're all being impacted though like i think it will it's great if you have the ability to create a new skill or to start your business like it's great if you're able to do that but like i don't what i don't appreciate from that post in this kind of like from that perspective is like it's almost like if you don't do this then you're immediately classified as an unproductive person like and i think the post itself kind of speaks to how we don't prioritize our mental health enough i think that you know during this time like like we we all agree that week one we were coasting like okay this is cool i needed to catch up on this rest i needed to catch up on all this stuff that i've been putting off but like as we creep where as we creep into uh, week three, four, five, six, seven, like, you know, as this shit continues, um, you realize, you realize the value of putting yourself first in a general sense, like not, or in a genuine sense, not even, um, and I was speaking to this point earlier, like a lot of us are redefining what it means to be productive and how um, a lot of us have put our value behind the things that we do. I think that that post speaks to how people still emphasize their worth being correlated to the things that they are producing and outputting. I think that with this quarantine, we are getting to a place where we're forced to put our mental health and ourselves first above all else. Like fuck a new skill, fuck a new LLC, whatever the case is, like you have to start worrying about yourself. And I think we'll start to get that message as we continue forth. But if you're able to still, you know, push out a new business, go for it. Like no one's stopping you. But I'm not a fan of the shaming aspect. You know, I've seen people post that post that I know for a fact they ain't doing nothing. Like <laughs> you're posting this post for clout, but you're not even like it's not even authentic. It's post. not even relevant to you. <laughs> like, I'm at the point where I'm just like, okay, whatever. I roll. 
Um, I, resp- I posted it on my story with like my commentary because I was just getting pissed off seeing it. Um, but JB, I think you hit, uh, the po- hit the nail on the head with one of the things that I wanted to talk about around mental health. Um, my brother Rushan, he had a he had like an online conference called Center Friday, centered on Friday, um, and it was really dope. And you know, I think this is an example of those that are in the space where they can use this unfortunate circumstance to create and yeah. build something. I think that was an excellent example of it. He he created an online free conference um, that, you know, was completely around mental health and how are we coping in this new normal. And he had different clinicians and therapists on different segments talking about, you know, how do you cope now that you're like with your kids 24-7 and your kids are getting on your nerves? Right. Like, how do you cope with a layoff? How do you cope with grief? from a, you know, maybe a death from COVID or grieving, like people are grieving relationships. People are grieving not being able to work. People are grieving not being able to go outside. So it's kind of speaking to that element. And I'm a, you know, I'm a firm believer and you can't pour your best self into your skill or your business unless you take care of yourself first. That's a period that, you know, we're now in a period, as we've been talking about, where people can really understand their mental health. Their mental health is impacted in some way or another. And I think it's important to kind of know yourself, take care of yourself, so you can then pour into other people or into your business or into your side hustle or whatever it might be. And I'm starting to see, and I, I know we're going to talk about some different things, a lot of creatives are taking that this opportunity and this unfortunate circumstance to create new spaces and Jeff we talked about some of the things that you're doing which is amazing um but like quarantine con- you Jay you tapped into quarantine con right I was there that was, yeah, you were that there. was the perfect opportunity to socialize like first of all I, how did they do they did that shit in like two days shout out to Scooter and I, I forgot the other guy's name that put it together but you know shout out to them the Lord uh, Trayvon, I think his name was. Oh, I yes. Shout out to Yo, that was so, like, I love Black creatives because it, it speaks to the whole idea of how Black people, you can put us up against anything. We're always going to find a way to, like, flourish and, like, thrive from whatever the situation is. And I was so impressed with, one, the turnout um, the platform they use, I've never even heard of that platform before, but like there were so many different aspects to that and made it engaging for its, for its users. So, and there's so many different people that are doing that. Like, Jeff, you and your groups, you guys are doing something similar to that. Like, there's so many people are, that are like taking advantage of this moment to show you that just because we're shifting doesn't mean that we can't adapt. Like, and you guys are like the bread of like this entire concept of adaptability. And I applaud you guys. I'm tuning in. I appreciate that. And for them too, I, I want to get back to that though. Like you're right. And I appreciate y'all for checking me. And I want to be clear. Like I think the shaming is the, is the challenge. I yeah. think this yeah. all comes back to where are you at mentally? Yeah. If, if you check off all those boxes, like matter of fact, let's, let's put it like this. There is with or without your mental space, all that shit, this is a prime opportunity to be creative. The challenge comes with people shaming people and forcing and pressuring people to actually walk in that. 
But isn't that what Br- um, Blavity Brunch no Twitter has always been? Yeah, you said what? Isn't that what Blavity Brunch Boots Twitter has always been? Like, isn't that like? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not en- I'm not gonna engage in this dialogue. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's cool, you know what? That goes out to Blavity, right? But I think what made that funny is because I counted it was three Bs and I thought about the better business world. <laughs> <laughs> We're not about to ostracize no, none of our listeners. Shout out to him, like legit. But at the end of the day, like that's what made it funny was the triple B's. I was like, bro, like, why are they why are they catching strays? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> black Twitter is undefeated. But I, I think that you're right, Jeff. The the shaming piece is the part that, that doesn't make sense. And I can from the people who are shaming others for not being as productive as some other people are being to me that speaks to like this um mentality of inferiority versus um some sort of like um well what what do i want to call that like a elitist mentality like there's an elitism elitism. are we gonna talk about it you know what? Look, I'm a most of it too, so let's get right into it. Uh look. If we're gonna do that, I really don't want to touch on that fully. But yeah, here's one thing I would want to say. Okay. Right now, shout out to your brother, bro, like center and all the positive things that's going on. But I'm also right now, I'm taking notes because what I know, especially in the landscape to which, you know, we function particularly with BNM and our foundation back in Indianapolis, what I'm also noticing is all the organizations that are meant to be advocates for the black community, uh, whether it's homelessness, enterprise, entrepreneurship, I'm taking notes with respect to who's actually doing the work right now. Yeah. Because from an organization perspective, when these endowments come through, when you see the nonprofits and all these folks is actually getting that money, like how are you mobilizing that right now in a time where, as we know, when anything happens in America, our community is over-indexed on the impact, specifically from a negative perspective. There's so much I want to talk about. Oh my God. It's so much. And I'm like, bro, like, I thought this is what you do. I thought that you got this fund to support entrepreneurs of color. What are you doing with it right now? And we're we are impacted right now. So what's what's happening? Like what's happening? I'm yeah. taking notes. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Period. Period. Where were you when we was in the mud? That's why we started the Out the Mud series. Because yep. it's like, how can we talk and work with people who are focused right now? People don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So a part of just a small thing that's free with Zoom and all this other stuff is to really focus on how can we give people that free game or whatever we can do to just share resources right now to support while we wait for other people to step in. Yeah, I'm going to do two quick shout outs too to that point. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, Daniel uh, Caldera. He did a uh, work from home party. Uh, It was like an online uh, digital party uh, fundraising for creatives and those impacted uh, in this time. Part of the benefits went to Two Fly Foundation and we're helping students that uh, have been impacted by COVID. So shout out to him. And then the other shout out would be to Collab Capital. I feel like they're doing the work right now. They're based in Atlanta. It's Jewel Burks and a few other folks in Atlanta that are, like they've created, they've quickly, like in a couple of days, they created like a resource guide for creatives 
uh, tools for creatives and funds for creatives to, to, you know, continue to stay afloat in this time and to, you know, build their business and things like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of voices right now. And one thing that's been irking me, I just took a quick pivot, like celebrities right now, I hate to say it, they're getting on my nerves. Like, I know some celebrities are doing it to be entertaining, to stay relevant, but like some of the content that I'm seeing, uh, talking about their board and their, you know, socially distancing, but they're in their multi-million dollar houses with like basketball courts and- 12 you know, bedrooms. Like, okay, first of all, shut up. Use your platform to advocate for things that need change right now, because there's people in our communities that can't get tested. There's people that are getting misinformation. There's people that don't trust the government. They don't trust the healthcare system that aren't That's going after. to they need. Like there's okay. so many inequities right now that we can use credible voices of people that we follow and we trust, but you're doing FaceTimes and you're doing IG lives all the time. And I'm not saying that that's bad hundred percent of the time, but use your platform to help right now. <laughs> like, honestly, I, I've been, I've been so annoyed with celebrity social media. I swear. You're hitting the nail on the head. I think in this whole uh, state of awareness that we're all going through collectively, we're also learning about the type of people that we've looked up to or used as like a source of um of guidance to some degree or motivation or whatever you want to whatever the adjective it is that you want to use or verb i think that um the celebrities are pissing me off just as much i um i'm not a fan of any of these instagram lives that are based in celebrities using it as a source of entertainment for themselves like unless it's not charitable or like designed to kind of like bring the collective together for like an evening of fun and relaxation i'm i'm just i'm just like you i'm so annoyed by it like you have this humongous platform this this reach that is um beyond what a lot of us have and yet you know you're just on here just Talking about your day to day instead of talking Jeff about is sitting on the edge of his seat. Oh, please, Jeff, please, just come on in, just <laughs> chime in. Uh, I ain't gonna hold you. I love court, club quarantine with Tory Lanez. <laughs> no, that's not. Yeah. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, no, no, yeah, I, I, yeah like, that's okay. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think what y'all are alluding to, and it's definitely important, right? Like, it's there are people who literally they get paid for entertainment and their job and their service to the world is to provide that entertainment, that outlet. I love it. But it's the ingenuity. What I'll say is this, there's, I think at the core, and this is a tip, this is a, a throwaway, this is feedback, whatever you want to call it. At the core, I'm right now paying attention to, and I think what everybody should be paying attention to is this word, compassion. Like, mm, yeah. is what you're doing rooted in compassion? Mm -hmm. Or is it rooted in self-gain? And this is not a time to just explicitly lead with self-gain. It's so um, easy to see the ones who are leading with self-gain. Like, and like for me, it's like, for example, like Jay-Z, like he caught a lot of flat for his NFL deal. People have every right to be critical of anything. Cool, whatever. But Jay-Z still doing the work because he's still sending masks to prisons who are neglected and getting the care that they need right now. Right. Rihanna, gets shit for not dropping her album, even though I want her to drop her album. Like, she's sending masks to New York. She's sending masks to, you know, LA. So there are celebrities that are still using their 
cultural capital that we talked about in our first episode tie it in to solve problems and still stay relevant and still you know do whatever it is that they're doing they can still go on live and they can still do you know ig concerts but they're still doing the work at the same time yeah i'm not i'm not going to speak on celebrities because i don't know what they might be doing behind the scenes but from a visual standpoint i'm seeing celebrities you know post content of you know just doing tiktok dances to stay relevant like i want to know that you're doing the work like show me that you're doing the work even if you know you might want to be blind or you might not want to say everything that you're doing but that means a lot and that goes a long way to me and i feel like it does a, a lot of people in our community as well yeah and I, I think it also goes back to if you know yourself you know just like a celebrity you got to know your business you got to know your platform and i think that i also don't want to see somebody that's known for talking all this over here to be talking about this now like yeah. do it in a way that's truly authentic uh boosie funny he ratchet he he dropping off cash apps right now like he doing mm-hmm. stuff his own brand he's yeah. you know doing some entertaining stuff then you see somebody like d nice i'm so happy to see people are starting to be hip to what he's doing that's been who he is now he has a better platform and he's been able to connect with Will Smith. They got the t-shirts, they give him discounts. It's going to COVID impact. You got Pierre Moss. Like, I, I think the idea is if you're going to do it, genuine, authentic, and be compassionate. Be compassionate about what you're doing. Um, and, and we're definitely seeing it. But speaking of that, like, so what are some of the things, I guess you say, some of the best stuff that you've seen, like, as far as people, like, being nimble and flexible in this space right now and adapting to the current climate to do something that impacts the culture as well as uh, the people. Because again, they're, everybody, we're in the business of people, right? So like, who's doing it right? What are some of the so, some of the key things or highlights so far? I think this is what, like week three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> i'll take a drink to that there's a lot i i should have brainstormed what okay so i'm you know i'm biased i'm I'm a little like consultant healthcare kind of nerd and okay partner okay yeah yeah (laughs) all right not too much relax (laughs) i got co-workers listening (laughs) um (laughs) um I think one of, so there's a lot of things. So I think there's two, th- there's like kind of like two buckets that I- Ooh, I not to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt right quick. Let's have interrupt. I'm going to interrupt. Not to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt. But I'm going to interrupt. Fuck it. Like, I'm interrupting. This is about to be a fun combo. So, but let's kind of organize it just a little bit. So when we talk about it, let's talk about like the culture, but then let's touch a little bit on like corporations. Cause I think that's that's a good one too. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. Cause mine mine touches on both. Okay. Um, I love. I love the organization, like the quick mobilization and organization around like these social platforms and like the battles and the live concerts and like that whole this whole space. Like who or, like who organized it? Like hey, we need to hurry up because Teddy Riley and and uh, Babyface about to go home. It's postponed. It's postponed. They postponed it. Yeah, I, they don't. I don't know. Timbaland just posted that's postponed. I have a theory. Oh, what, what they got to do? Okay, I, we're gonna digress. This is gonna be irrelevant when this comes out. <laughs> I have a theory on that. Okay, what's now? I have a theory on it. We are gonna get back to that. Okay, gotcha. 
but okay, so my thing is who like who organized this like so quickly? And I thought that was so dope. Like even like last night, uh, the T Pain and Lil Jonathan, the Jonathan, Jonathan. <laughs> John Garrett, all up in the camera, like <laughs> that should have been like two hundred fifty thousand folks tapped in at the same time, eyeballs on the same screen. And it, it really highlights like the attention economy. First of all, shout out to Alex Wolf. Um, but having 250,000 eyeballs on your screen watching you at one time, like that's a moment. Think about like that. Think about that. Think about how many 250,000 people is like, that's not a concert. Like that's, that's way that's more Woodstock. than a concert. That's like Woodstock. Like that's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. And Tori, Tori had three fifteen. He broke Taylor Swift's record. Smashed her. Like the culture right now, we own all of it. But that shit is dope. But like on the other the flip side, and I and I was talking to my homegirl Chelsea last night about this. Like Facebook and Instagram are eating this shit up. Eating it. Oh my god. How much (laughs) engagement like Instagram and Facebook has? Built on the backs of black people in the culture. Yeah. Not their fault. Like, it's not their fault, but we fuel and power everything. Like, that's literally why we started this. It's an entirely, we have literally test improved. Look, bro. Yo, there's a tweet going on Twitter right now. People said it. Like, listen, someone tweeted on Twitter saying that the only reason that a lot of us are surviving this quarantine is because of black uh, black culture in our entertainment, like our ways of entertaining. We know how to we know how to survive shit. Like we know how to we know how to build some shit. Right. Like we're not new to these these type of restrictive environments. We took pig scraps and all that shit and made soul food. Yeah, like our music is like we literally in this pandemic in a matter of less than twenty-one days, we're able to mobilize two hundred and fifty thousand people to watch the two people for two hours straight and have a whole conversation on black Twitter about it and have what it is ho trending on Twitter. Like that is <laughs> like that is a moment in itself and I think we should appreciate the fact that we can make shit like that happen. That we that we took the time to do it. And it's like, now they have a use case mm-hmm. for IG Live and how it can now compete with yeah. live television. Like, that, we literally, this. I had this epiphany while I was drunk last night in the house party and watching all that shit. <laughs> Bruh, this is crazy. We literally, and Coach K even said it. Shout out to Coach K. He also from yeah. that. Okay, Migo. Okay, QCC. He even said, I was like, I have the epiphany. Bruh, there is a new way to drop new music. 250,000. And that's what T-Pain did. That's what they did. That's what they did. Incredible. Like, that's, think about, but like, think about. A new product watch is now happening on, on live. Think about how many people, if you drop this song at that time from a streaming perspective, how many streams you will get. Like, you go platinum in, like, two days. Connect that with the platforms, right live. If you want to hear it, 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 man, here's here's the geek. There's going to be a way to connect, and I already see it now, 4C, Instagram, and they've already been doing it in the stories, Instagram and Facebook, connecting with these uh, platforms, Right the Apple, the Spotify, or whatever else to he- 
in, in Bowden when on IG Live or on these live the conversations are happening already. Swipe up, like swipe up to swipe screen. up. You can listen yeah. to it right now because right now the challenge is is fuzzy, right? Yeah. Imagine if you release it and then we can all be listening to it for the first time through our own speakers in our own music while we're also doing a lot. Conversations are happening right now. Business cases have been made. Somebody's trying to make it. Talk about um, Netflix party from a music standpoint. Like if we could all listen to Lil Jon drop his new track at the same time and then the data analytics that that company would get behind that. Low key, I think that's what the original like maybe listener was doing that with Rodney Williams. When uh, they were doing that, like you could go to a spot, you would go to a specific spot, right? And then, like, they would have that album streaming way before it even came out or whatever, like yeah. a virtual listening party. Now you can do it from your own home. Like, it's happening. It's coming. Yeah. It's, coming it's, coming. it's on the way. It's on the way. Culture. Period. Culture. And you know what's crazy about the D Night shit? Bill Athletics, which is also Will Smith, like their foundation and everything, backing it. I guarantee you, I saw him after he reached however many he had that one night. 100,000, yeah, over 100. Next thing I know, his face is the NBA logo on Instagram. Yep. And I was like, oh, so now. Yeah, he, is it really? Yay. So he hosted, the NBA hosted a live with DJ D Nice. So he basically logged in. He did the live DJ set from the NBA account. Yep. You know how many sponsorship dollars, like the ads oh, are now gonna going to be embedded in hiking live? Yeah, oh, a thousand percent. And you know what's so crazy? One of the biggest things that has been a challenge in the industry in general is about being able to direct and and fully see the value and the ROI of a sponsorship. Right now, you can see that in real time. Yeah. If you do an IG Live, if we were to stream whatever else and we're all playing this, we can see and we can track how many people did this or that in real time based off of seeing and being uh, basically being, uh, you know, being able to see a specific ad. I think that's what the future looks like. Shout out to D-Nice, too, for uh, trademarking Club Quarantine. Out, out to him. That was monumental. IP. Crazy. I mean, what's so wild about that? And this, this, is, this is the cool part, I think, like just about what we're doing and everything just coming together. He literally, D-Nice was a part of Boogie Down Productions. Yeah. He has been a part of hip hop since its creation. Since day one, D-Nice has been in hip hop. And now you see him from there creating it to now taking it into yeah. this new frontier. Yeah. Digitally, that is incredible. That's us. Oh, shout out to him. That is so fire. Of all the DJs, it could not be any other DJ but D Nice when you think about it. Yeah. It could have been no other culture but us. We're and it, I found out about D Nice too from my mom. Like my mom was like, hey, turn on IG Live, D Nice to like spinning quarantine. He connected all the generations. Like, that is just a perfect synopsis of how you can bridge the gap. Like, yeah. we talk about generational gaps and disparities within our community. And then we also talk about how, like, even segregation and all this other shit, all the communities had to come together. Ain't nobody doing shit else. Ain't nobody doing nothing else but black people right now. 
when yeah. it pertains to be my next question is are we the only ones doing stuff right now i i, I think i'm biased because the foundation but like right now in real time and mm -hmm. i you know i have bias because most of the people that i follow are people of color but like are there any other cultures or people that are doing things in a similar capacity right now from a corporate perspective i think yes uh from an individual perspective i'm sure there is i'm sure there are other cultures doing various things but with respect to entertainment creativity like leveraging these things to be socially responsible i don't think nobody's doing it like us yeah, I, you know. I feel like people are doing similar activities like black culture. We all watch Tiger King, like that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I know my like coworkers watch Tiger King too. But were they all on Netflix party watching Tiger King, yeah. taking these memes and like you know gifts and shit of like Lil Wayne looking like uh, what's his name from Tiger King? I don't think yeah, so. No, no. So that's 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 what I would say is yeah, like cool, like. We're leading on that, and now more than ever, when we look back at this time, in this critical time, we get to say, Black people were at the forefront, and our culture was at the forefront of, of putting us at ease, offering that comfort, yeah. leading with compassion. And then we've got some great corporations. I'm not gonna hold you. Like, there's some corporations out here doing some positive shit too. Yeah, no, you know but like, as far as the one-to-one -one interaction daily, this is exactly why we create this. This is like, wow, like we are at the forefront. Every pivotal moment in US history, there are black people doing specific things yeah. that are on the same day. I feel like from the beginning, once we touch soil, we had to focus on building community. Like everything that we do is around building community and a culture around it. Yeah. Like from the beginning of time. It was like what are we gonna do? D Nice didn't do that shit to make money. Like, if D Nice was trying to make money, he would have had a website and like all that shit built already. He was doing that shit to build community. Community builds culture, and culture drives business. So, yeah. like, we were thinking about why business cut the check. that they do. Cut the check. A thousand percent. Like, black on too. But I cut the check. I feel like that's the re. Like, we build community. Community develops culture. Culture drives capital at the end of the day like that's the model yep and no there's there's no other cultures that do i, I won't say that don't build community because there are but build community that creates a public persona of culture that can shape and drive business i don't see and that. and do it authentically like going back to how we started like what we do better than any other culture is like a lot of shit we do is just in our nature. Like it's, it's, we're doing this because we genuinely just love it. And this is who we are innately. So when we're operating at our ultra light beam, whatever, like we're literally just doing it from that place. It's from a place of community, compassion, unconditional love. D nice went for nine hours. Like, he had on about 12 different hats. <laughs> like some chips and water, like for the love of the game, bro. Like that's that's strictly for the love. Yeah. 
Like we have that. That's that's what I'm talking about. Sacrifice. He's been sacrificing sleep. No matter what he's dealing with, family, kids, all that other shit. He just doing it. You know what I'm saying? So I love it. Going back, you mentioned quarantine con. We've talked about what we've been doing at Be Nimble with Party Girl, doing our Netflix parties, the Out the Mud series. You mentioned Rashawn. Am mm -hmm. I saying it right? Rashawn, yeah. And his center, like focusing on mental health, it's so many cool things that's been happening in the culture. And I just cannot, like, we gotta shout some more out. Like, who else? That's awkward. I got silent after you asked who else. You named you named all the ones I've been tapped into. Yeah, that was the ones I was thinking of. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a and there's too many people to name in this space. Um, but like the fit the virtual fitness and the fitness space, I think that's a that's a cool area to tap into right now because people don't know what to do. And I'm tired of seeing push up challenges on my Instagram again. Oh my God. But um so I think there's an opportunity there too, because like where where my gap is when it comes to like the fitness spaces, like that shit's happening all day, every day. And there's maybe it's just me. I follow a lot of personal trainers, um, but I can't train at the same. Like I can't train when you're live necessarily. Right. And I think an opportunity. So this isn't necessarily a shout out, but is like how cool would it be to create some type of platform that's similar to like the nike training app or something like that where we can tap into people's workout routines and like videos and stuff like that and support uh like personal trainers on our time because right now we're we have to do it on our trainers like virtual schedule or whatever it is um so i think that's i think that's something that would be developed if i had the capacity to develop it that's where i would tap into yeah, yeah. Hey, right, Carl, well, like creators watching this episode. Yeah, I got ideas. I've seen a lot of the business coaches. Uh, shout out to Alex Wolf. I mean, whether it's consultants and people within the community, like really just taking the time right now uh, to really lead the charge with respect to telling people who are in a space to create, like where to go. So just shout out to all the individuals there. I mean, we all know them whether they have a large platform or a small platform, they've been doing that. Uh, been multiple net Netflix parties going on. Uh, shout out to the Black Film Series. Like, Black Film, like, their whole festival and everybody like that, like, they've been doing Netflix parties. They've been organizing house parties. Huh? I saw, um, I think this is something similar, so my bad. Uh, but Ava's doing something right now, DuVernay. Um, highlighting like black indie films. I don't know if it's on a platform or if it's just she's shooting out the link to them. But like when you think about from a from a, the film industry, a lot of you know films have postponed like their um, their dates their their dates where they're live. I don't know what the right terminology. Yeah. Is. Um, but like shout out to the people that are supporting like uh, creators and and black films and indie films and indie artists things like that. Uh, who normally, you know, wouldn't get, you know, the time of day right now or don't have the capital to promote themselves as they normally would. So shout out to, to all of them, too. Shout out to Eat Here Indy. I know they're regional and local to Indianapolis, but they've been, excuse me, they've been doing a, a really cool thing to connect all folks to local-owned restaurants. Oh, yeah. Like offering, like, free delivery, et cetera, like that. Shout out to all the restaurants right now at Eat Here Indy. Uh, as well for offering and incentivizing like free delivery and just calling attention to right now to the local 
own businesses and restaurants in this time where you can only order takeout. Um, this is also a charge and it's a challenge because we're, it's starting to show some more of disconnect within our community as well as all of the folks that are chefs, et cetera, because the kitchens, the disparities with respect to the, the kitchens, now you don't have no kitchen, you gotta cook all this stuff here, or maybe you weren't online, you didn't connect to Uber Eats and all that other stuff. Now you have to remain relevant or you're gonna be shut down. Yep. Gotta shout out Chef Gabby. Oh, I, I just bought her cookbook. Gabby, the cookbook she just recently released it was like two. You days. have food at home. Yeah. Hey, and she she came up with the idea. I don't know. If she came up with the idea, but like shot, wrote, created, and distributed like in ten days. Like that's that's yeah. impressive. I love Gabby. Shout out to you, uh, Chef Gabby. Absolutely. But like, let's like, so guys, we've been talking for a while. Let's let, let's. I was about to say about, this episode about to be three hours long because we ain't got shit to do. <laughs> we literally ain't got shit to do. Um, so let's talk about like, in closing, um, some some takeaways that our listeners could benefit from as it relates to productivity or just any like general tips that we've kind of embodied for ourselves we have that we have that we could pass along as tips to our listeners what do y'all what y'all what y'all got um i think the next frontier is this virtual thing we have to pay attention to it is weird i'm gonna just get this out there but take an opportunity right now to see that you have to be very um you still have to remain solid with respect to your vision, but be flexible with respect to how you get there. Now that you know that there's really not much here, like physical is just as volatile as everything else, here's the time for you to focus on your digital presence as well as what the future looks like. A weird out, out there thing, I don't know if you watched Black Mirror, but I had another epiphany last night. Uh, what's gonna happen is this. So the virtual party, Sooner or later, it's going to be VR focused. You're going to be able to log into VR and go and be in the same physical space as everybody else while we're interacting in a live session. And it may not necessarily be IG Live, et cetera, but it's definitely going to be there. So if I'm talking to the creators right now that's in this space, whether it's music or whatever else, get yourself ready, get acquainted with VR, virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and get your digital presence up because that is truly the future. And you need to make sure that if you're creative again, and you're in that space, if you want to continue to monetize, then you have to figure out a way to be relevant even when they take away your physical presence. It's not enough to just be brick and mortar. This is something that we've been talking about for a long time. Now, more than ever, now you see what can happen specifically when they take that away. This is the first time mm -hmm. ever it's actually been taken away in our generation. Woo. Well, that was good. Um, yeah wow i think for me um i'll do it more we talked a lot about it like personal level stuff i'll talk more about like a business capitalistic level um just what to be thinking about like for me now it's time to start thinking about what the new normal is going to look like on the other end of this jeff hit on like what does experiences look like from a you know from a digital standpoint and ar and vr um but just like all aspects of businesses. So like for like the local shops and like the mom and pop shops that are, you know, kind of focus on, um, you know, in-house dining and things like that. 
now it's time to start thinking about like reserve and collect and pickup and e-commerce and delivery and like we're gonna have to focus on what the new normal is gonna look like because after all of us kind of being in this space of we can only do pickup we can't sit down and eat we're gonna build the habits of that's what it's gonna look like on the other end larger corporations and those that uh you know have brick and mortar offices like get ready everybody's gonna ask can i work from home in this position and the answer is probably gonna be yes because we've been doing it for like five months and you can pay money real estate's gonna change so it's just you know starting to think about what does the new normal look like on the other end of this i think you know from a supply chain standpoint supply chains are going to change like we're not going to be sourcing everything from china anymore because just like what we saw here once something happens in china it locks down your entire supply chain so yeah some more on you know onshore um kind of like manufacturing and supply chains and things like that um supplier diversity is going to be a big thing uh, so just you know, ultimately starting to think about what the new normal is going to look like and building that business model off of that. I think there's going to be a lot of spaces and thinking about what's being developed. I think there was a meme or, or something um, uh, talking about what happened in the 2008 recession. And it was like Uber and Airbnb. And like, these are the businesses that were kind of developed and are now billion dollar corporations that were built in a recession. Think about what types of corporations can be built in this new model and what the new normal is going to look like. Like we're seeing all of the attention right now is on creatives and, and people in like the creative space. Cause we don't have nothing but time to like watch Netflix. What are the business models for, for that in the future? Yeah. So no like specific advice, just start to think about what the new normal is and begin to adjust your business model and your business strategy off of that. Similar to what Jeff said, you can keep the same vision, but execution is going to have to, and I'll add on top of all of that, just continue to focus on your mental health. Like, just stay as sane as you can, whatever that means to you, however, whatever that process looks like. Prioritizing yourself and what you need in order to see this through and investing in the things that you need in order to thrive. Um, prioritize that for once. I feel like a lot of us get caught today and what we need to do in order to remain productive. But now that we've seen a worldwide shift in productivity and, and what it means to be, um, and what it means to just kind of to exist in this world, I think it's important for us to prioritize our, our mental sanity and staying in that space for as long as we can because it's not easy to be quarantined I can't imagine what it's like for like prisoners um, in those capa the capacity of uh, what do they call it? Um, what are what are the, uh, the the prisoners when they are completely quarantined like all day long? Was that self isolation or solitary uh, confinement? Oh yeah, solitary confinement. Thank you. That word was not coming to mind. I can't imagine what it's like for people who are in solitary confinement. So knowing that we all have a little bit more privilege than they do, just finding ways to prioritize what mental health means for us and making sure that we're treading above heavy waters at all times so we can make these, these productive moves um, long-term. Love it, love it. We definitely have been talking long, but it was so important. Uh, so let this stuff flow as we just think about the climate that we're in right now. And uh, I think I know what this episode is going to be called. <laughs> and I think the theme, 
So, you know, we really built this to talk about the intersection of like capitalism, culture and tech. But, you know, I think we got to we got to rename the episode and rename our, our podcast, at least for this moment, Compassion Culture. and as we head out like thank everybody i want to thank y'all for viewing i just want to thank again i know we all want to thank them you know everyone in the service industry right now with essential businesses uh and that's on the front lines of this pandemic and uh prayers shot goes out to everybody that's personally affected and uh you know just just grace humility thankfulness for all the people on those front lines and uh, optimism because we are definitely gonna make it out. And just one more salute, one more salute to everybody on the front lines before we head out. Here's the, here's the compassion culture. Compassion culture. Compassion <laughs> yeah. culture, I like it. It flows off the tongue really nicely. All right, I guess that's our closing, right? Yeah. <laughs>